These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, the podcast where we use the lens of the afterlife to explore the memories, desires, beliefs, and moments of transformation that give our lives meaning in a fun way. I'm Dave Marr, and I interview artists and activists on this podcast to get to the root of everything. My guest this week is Bill Stern, who is a comedian in Chicago who also happens to be one of my best friends. Bill and I have been friends for a very long time since we were put on an improv team together in 2008, and now he's in a great sketch group called Cigarette Sandwich. Um, they, they have a Patreon, and I subscribe to it. it they, they threw it. They put out one of the only straight-up comedy podcasts I listen to. It's a sketch comedy podcast. Their most recent episodes have been focused on playing Monopoly like it is an RPG, and it's so funny. It's so good. I've also put links in the show notes to their website, their Instagram, which is Sig Sandwich. Speaking of their Patreon, I appear on that podcast, I think this week, we we played a game that is an improv form that Bill and I, our old improv team, invented called Bracketology. Go to um, the Cigarette Sandwich Patreon in the show notes to find that. Speaking of Patreon in general, I have a Patreon, and I want to thank my pigeon-level patrons, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, and Susie Carroll. Thank you for donating. Thank you for keeping the show alive. You can get your name thanked in every episode of the show if you go and do the same. Also on Patreon, there is a ton of bonus content, segments that do not usually appear in the show, these wild unknown animal spirit readings I've been doing, sometimes just some some early conversation shooting the shit. And now I am starting a new thing where I release the full episode of the podcast via Patreon. Now, that's not to say that I am going to shortchange the the main podcast you're listening to here in your podcast feed. It's just to say that if you subscribe at any level, even $3 to the Patreon, you will get to hear the lightly edited, I will say, for clarity, episodes of this show. Sometimes I have to cut out segments that I normally include just for time. This episode, that includes Bill's Relive One Memory segment, the memory he would choose to relive forever if he could. It also includes some of our conversation talking about independent comedy careers in the beginning and his sort of meta commentary throughout the show. He is one of the first guests to have listened to the show before appearing on it. So that comes up a little bit in this episode, but a lot in that full Patreon episode. If you like, you know, a long, deep dive, I recommend you go there. It's patreon.com slash Dave Marr. You can follow me everywhere online at This Is Dave Marr. Go to my website, thisisdavemar.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I'm hitting you with music, I'm hitting you with essays. If you are looking for distraction or challenge or presence at this point in quarantine, please go to my website, thisisdavemar.com, and I've got tons of shit for you. Finally, if you like the show, use your podcast app to rate it and review it, subscribe to it, and use your phone app to call a friend and tell them about it. That said, 
Thank you very much. And here's my conversation with Bill Stern. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... At a party, someone I, someone I kind of want to... I'm pretty, I'm pretty shy. I feel like I'm better at it now than I used to be. But I you have like... to kind of like, they're like, oh, what do you do? And you like you already told them what you do to make money. And they're like, sure, 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 sure. But what do you like do? I say, well, everything's different now. It's, I mean. And they're like, I, I know, would, tell me about it. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I was, used to be a, uh, used to be a, a programmer, but then, you know. Yeah, no, you, you said that already. I did say that. Yeah. I remember you already told me all the money stuff. I, I What do you do? Oh, I thought maybe I led with comedian. Oh, no. I thought you, I was saying you led with money stuff. I know. Well, right now I don't <laughs> have don't any know, money. Though. Right now I don't have any no, money. No, but so I, there, oh, okay. So, well, no good. Okay, like, well, good. I so just there's like, no yeah. money stuff. So, if what do you do? If they say, what do I do? I say, I'm a comedian. That's oh. what I'm saying now. I changed my mind. I don't, I know, I just say that now. Oh, you changed your mind, meaning there used to be a time when you would lead with non-comedian things, and now you're yeah. over that. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm a comedian because I have to promote my business. So right. now if I say, now when we're doing the rearward looking, this th- there's no getting around this as a sea change moment for being like, I'm a comedian. I'm really struggling now, really struggling and putting in the work. And if I fail... <laughs> Well then, you know, maybe I never made it out of the minor leagues. Did I was I even in the minor leagues? I don't know. <laughs> was I just was I just some rec league player? I don't know. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. So this is rearward looking style. This is oh, but there was a time before I would even admit to people right off the bat. That X year was when I started actually saying I was a comedian. So that's actually kind of when I started. Yeah. How long yeah. has that been? How long has that been? I think I felt more comfortable about doing that once I had that SNL audition. Mm. Once when I had the, the SNL audition followed up with getting the ship contract, even though everyone gets a ship contract in Chicago, that was enough. For I didn't get a be, ship contract. Well, you didn't try hard enough. Exactly. See? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, does that mean you feel like SNL audition and or Second City contract are are those your This American Life's? Because for me, I like definitely feel guilt about like how long am I gonna hump mm-hmm. this This American Life credit? I mean, the answer is forever if necessary. Yeah, but that's not, see, here's the thing: you got to change your mindset. That's not something you're humping. That's a one of your uh, long term relationships. <laughs> that is that is a, you, you. That is a resume item. That's not a right. Like, that's a CV. That's for your. But resumes get old too. Where you're like, oh, I graduated from Notre Dame, and they're like, right, but you're 45. Like, what have you done <laughs> since then? Yeah, but I graduated from Notre Dame with honors. So. <laughs> when I was 37. okay so saint peter gates of heaven oh fuck god we're not even through the first question ah i'm so bad okay 
Um, St. Peter. Now, he is asking me, I remember from your other things, he's like, what distinguishes you from the other Bill Stearns? Exactly. Well, first of all, my father's Bill Stern. So you got to look for two, you know, that are- In quick succession. Quick succession. One right after the other. Yeah. Um, And um, um, I'm the one- Man, that not you know, I'm the one who almost made it. <laughs> <laughs> almost made it in what? We have a horticulturist who almost made it. We have a yeah. couple of chemists. Um, it's kind of embarrassing for me to say, but you know, the performing arts. And then Saint Peter says, "Oh, so say something funny," and I'll be like, oh, "God, even no. here." Saint Peter says, "Well, why is that embarrassing?" <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, no, it's, it's not anymore. I, I, I'm just like, you know, that was the, the rearward looking, uh, the old me, but yeah, I, I'm the one who struggled really hard for 20 years to be a comedian. And then after about 20 years started after about 17 years, is when I say that I started taking it seriously and then I struggled really hard and then I kind of ran out of time and started a family. (laughs) (laughs) What do you hope happens when you die? I don't know if I have anything really insightful for this question. What do I hope happens when I die? Uh, I mean, I guess I would, I guess I would hope for some, I mean, some sort of something. great thing yeah something for something to happen and then it's awesome i mean like honestly like like i don't really care like i think someone had this like really beautiful like answer where they're like becoming part of everything but with with no like attachment to physicality was that shantira like yeah it was shantira yeah yeah no attachment to her body i also have a bad knee so like i i i I felt that but like you know but honestly, I, I don't know anything other than my human experience. So anything I can imagine is still sort of wrapped up in humanity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, okay, for me, the best thing would be to just sort of like have my young able body back again and like be doing mm. cool young able-bodied stuff. Like know, what age and what stuff? Oh. God. I mean, now we're getting into the other question of like, what re- memory do you want to relive? But, no, we're not. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when we're getting into the other question. <laughs> okay. I guess I want to just, I mean, if, if, if I were to be young and able-bodied again, it's so, it's like, uh, yeah, would I, I just would go be, Like how? But now, see, I'm I'm sixteen. Would you drive now? Now I'm. (laughs) Would I drive? Yeah, I drive. Well, I mean, is like, would you be twelve? You wouldn't have a driver's license. Would you be? There's so out of the house. So maybe the answer is there's. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's like so many interesting things to go back and experience again, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe the answer is like the ability to do anything you want. You know, pop into whatever age you want. Sure. Yeah do that for a little while but obviously always not all but not obviously so not obviously with always the 
the knowledge that you have. Maybe it'd be fun to go back and experience innocence again. And like, you know, Ooh, that's interesting, but you could choose to have knowledge or not knowledge. Right. Dude, then, that's crazy. I've never thought of that. Cause I've always thought of it like, okay, but you know, would you go back with the mind you have now? How would that even be possible? How, what would you do differently if that were the case? But right. the idea of you have almost like a mode in a video game where it's like, it's like, learned mind mode or n- new mind mode yeah <laughs> that is a cool option but then once you have new mind mode can you get out of new mind mode yeah so you would you would have to activate wow. you activate new mind mode for a set period of time <laughs> i see interesting which is it, now i'm thinking about funny situations where learned mind mode would kick back in in the middle of, you like know what I mean? Long time, yeah. Like if you were like, if you were losing your virginity in the middle, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like probably a very obvious one, but it's like to go from like really bad at and not even know what the fuck you're doing with mm-hmm. sex. And then your yeah. partner recounting it is like, and then like <laughs> 10 minutes in, it just got so different, but good. Yeah. Well, for me, it might be so different, but just, different like sort of bad in a different way (laughs) okay but i like that but i i mean yeah that's an interesting i don't know proposal like yeah what what do i hope i i i I don't know there's there's like endless possibilities right but i guess ultimately i think you you hit on it with other people but ultimately i think it just comes down to maybe something right Hope well, yes, but something. that's the thing is like I think I don't take it for granted that everyone hopes there's something. Like right. I think some people sure. might hope there's nothing. Sure, and that, that would be a different kind of person than me. So it's hard to understand that. I can understand that someone might think that, but that would be a very different person from the type of person I am. Well, and if you've listened to some of the episodes, you know that some people don't even think about themselves when they answer that question. They think about what they hope happens when they die to the people they left behind on earth and their legacy. And I also find that a lot of non-white people answer that way. And I can't, I can't, I don't know exactly what to make of that, but I feel like there's a sense of history and, and ancestry that, a lot of white people don't seem to have. Well, I think, you know, if we're gaming it out as I want to do, if, if I know that there's something after and, and then, and we're hope and, and what we're doing is what I hope happens, then yeah, I would hope it would be something that would make it so that the people left behind would not suffer I don't want anybody to suffer, you know? So, you know, if, if, if we're doing that, you know, if it's what, what I hope happens when you die, I hope I become some sort of God that can make it so that like I can help people, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's like pure, just like unadulterated, you know, but actually that might be a lot of pressure. Oh God. Let's do funeral planning. Oh, right. What 
do you want at your funeral? Anything. Or also, you don't even have to think of a traditional funeral. But what are the ways that you would like people to celebrate you or mourn you? See, now this is the one where you get into directly thinking about what people are going to be thinking and feeling about your own demise. For sure. Um, um, okay. What do I want? Um, what do you think people are going to be thinking and feeling? I hope I haven't, um, I, I hope I've done everything well enough to where <laughs> this is so fucked up. I hope I've lived a good enough not- life to where people are really sad that I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not fucked up. I think that's legit. No, you know, it's it's funny to say it that way though. Like I, yeah. I don't actually want people to be sad, but it can't be helped if you've lived well, right? Then hopefully if, if you've lived well, people will miss you because they liked you. Yeah. You were nice to them when you were alive. So that's the paradox we're dealing with. I guess, you know, at my funeral I want some um Holograms, um, <laughs> holograms uh, of what? <laughs> just holograms of me doing a wicked guitar solo, or um, no, just I'm, the visual or the audio too. Well, yeah, I can't do a wicked guitar solo, so that's okay. My, this would be my one opportunity, you know? right? Yeah, we get a hologram of me. I just sort of fake it. It looks really real. We get the audio in there. At this point, hopefully I've lived long enough to where technology is pretty sick. Maybe actually what we can do is have some sort of like um, AI that sort of scans all of my videos and makes like uh, new sketches. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. (laughs) It's like those predictive Harry Potter like right. all of Harry Potter and then writes a new Harry Potter book. Yeah, yeah. That, but with sketches. Yeah. It's just me performing. Ske- I mean, sketches. that's definitely doable. Let me see if I can try to. The fixtures of that would mm. be some sort of Northeastern European accent. Yes. That's right. Someone. <laughs> someone <laughs> you go. <ahead. laughs> Someone who is overly explanatory. Yes, that's right. I often do that. I'll very frequently just sort of say one <laughs> thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, that's actually all I've got right now. What other? Oh, I got a couple more. Okay. Um, a word that sounds like another word uh, that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Such as? Um... Um, uh, let's just see if we can come up with one. Like Robocop? What? Like oh, Rob- like Robocop. Or, oh, you know, like, um, ostracized sound of, kind of sounds like ostrich sized. Okay. Yes. So like, you know, someone who's being ostracized for, uh, how big of a bird they are. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, and then another one. Uh, another frequent one for me is um, just overly, overly confident, but absolutely terrible at everything. Mm, mm. Uh, like, you know, a doctor that is like, okay, let's take a look. 
Oh, wow. You're definitely having a problem with your wiener. Uh, but we're not sure. It might be the, the problem. Let's look at the charts here. Wow, these levels are crazy. Actually, the problem might actually be around into the butthole. So they're very close to each other. You know, um, we'll have to take a look at both. Speaking you know, of the, wiener comedy, yeah, do you remember that, the audio diary you did for that one Everything is Comedy show in the basement of that punk yeah. house mm-hmm. where it was the guy like giving himself an this experimental exactly, injection yeah, this, into his penis? Right. Yeah, I think the, I thought about that like a week ago, mm-hmm. but I don't, but all I remember is you going, Ooh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> but what, what was it's, the premise found footage it's like supposed to be like um sort of like the found footage that you would find after a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and it's like a scientist working alone in a lab to try and um fix the the problem that no there's not a lot of people left so right. they're just keeping the audio diary you know and um but for some reason, oh, <laughs> it turns out that the, the, the problem is is not that dire. It's actually that the scientist is just trying to like grow their penis to right. normal size. Um, <laughs> to normal size, right. <laughs> and so they're like, at first they take the, the thing and it doesn't work. So then they decide to like kind of go a little bit extreme and inject the serum directly into the penis and so then it's just basically asmr of a scientist like very close into a mic <laughs> you just hear them being like okay i'm but they have to narrate the whole thing because yeah, they're yeah. scientists for science so right. they have to be like all right i am but then doesn't it start like fucking up his penis? It's like it, it like starts like yeah. falling apart. No, it actually it doesn't fuck it up. It just has no effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the uh, penis is still so small and shriveled like a shrimp. <laughs> and that's the thing of like of like a scientist using non scientific words. It's so funny to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some scientific words, the ones that I, Bill, actually know, I'll use, but then contrast them with just like anything that I could think of. Did you ever see that Werner Herzog documentary, Grizzly Man? No. Damn, I know- didn't even realize that that was Herzog. Yeah, I think so. But do you know the, yeah, I'm almost positive. Do you know the premise? The one where the guy like lives with the grizzly bears and then you hear the horrible thing about him getting attacked by them right but you don't hear it you see it no oh you don't get the footage in the in the movie he he plays it for the guy's Mm -hmm. wife or ex-wife or partner but in headphones so you just see her listening to this footage of this man being this is horrific. Eaten and by a grizzly. No, it's fucking crazy. And I was just like, what if you died in a similar way to that scientist and you decided at the funeral to play the footage and it was just everyone just listening and just being permanently <laughs> scarred by. But, they, but it's like one of those, um, um, silent dance parties they've all got their own headphones <laughs> silent like, disco yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
so they're all just sort of looking around at each other like are you hearing this too yes 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 because maybe someone else is hearing something different maybe you have a different thing playing you're the first person who i've like really engineered their funeral but maybe you have a different sketch or way of dying or something that's genius okay i'll the the person presiding over the funeral it can be you since you help come up with this okay you say and uh you know um you say all right bill uh actually has his last moments recorded and he wants you all to listen to it we know um, that but, his death was mysterious right but, but, but the mystery's been solved and we have the solution in mm-hmm. these audio recordings but we can't play it over you know, we don't want everyone to just be hearing it over the thing. We want it to be a personal experience. So you all just put in your headphones and listen. Then we've recorded a bunch of different ways yeah. that I died. And then that way, nobody wants to really talk about it. Right. Right. But they can't help themselves at the funeral. And yeah. it's like they, they're, they're sort of like overlapping a little. So then everyone is like sort of talking for the rest of the funeral and they'll be like sort of sussing out these weird differences well and also some of them last for like five minutes and some of them last for like 30 seconds and so you see someone like take their headphones off and you're like what did they just get like triggered by 30 seconds in because 30 seconds into mine is still just like a setup and i don't understand why this guy unzipping his suitcase is like triggering for this person this is really going against me not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings (laughs) yeah for sure yeah you're you're like you have this great legacy and you just fucking burn it to the ground at this funeral quick break here to plug this week's full episode. At this point, Bill and I talked about the one memory he'd relive forever, which was this idyllic summer that he's used as like the blueprint for his whole life ever since. It's a very magical, nostalgic story, and I cut it just for time. So if you want to hear it, subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Marr. Thanks. So what's your coma? Right. Okay. And this question, you know, is just a coma is any moment of transformation, mundane or epic, where some part of you died and right. a new part of you was revealed or born. Right. Okay. And you might be able to answer it from the perspective of someone who is very familiar with my coma very up exactly. close among that's what i was gonna say right among the closest of people be one of my comas <laughs> well that's funny i i mean yes but also you might have perspective into the definition of a metaphorical coma where sure. you're like oh dave you think this is what happened to you or to other people or to me or whatever but actually there's also this other wrinkle to it. But that's yeah. also, I, I'm not trying to put pressure on you to like think of that. No, that's one of the things I was going to say is like, you know, you're, you're always like, okay, what is your coma? And I'm like, well, your coma was a huge part of my life when right. one of my best friends suddenly died. Okay. You know? So, if it's if it's i mean it feels like really 
borderline self-indulgent. But I think let's pursue this where have you had other close friends die? No. So that's why for me, like, and I know other people have, you know, and I know other people have had close family members die. At that point in my life, I had been around other people who had experienced great loss. Yes. But up to that point, that was one of my first great losses. Maybe my second great loss. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you, if you were to explain it, this is where explaining yourself to someone who's not me really comes into play. If mm-hmm. you were to explain that to someone, you would say, oh, this was the first time I really, at the time, thought I lost someone. And they say, what happened? What's your answer for that? Um, well, you mean just to explain that you went into a coma and then, you know, the whole story? Well, how much of the story? I mean, not the whole story, but like, what do you say to someone who you're like trying to like succinctly be like, this was the moment. And they're like, what was the moment? I guess I would just. I probably wouldn't go into it that much. I would probably be like, well, just one of my good friends passed away. They thought maybe he was going to be okay, but then he couldn't pull through, you know? I mean, I'm and you sure would I leave would... it there without the ending that like he did pull through. Well, I thought this was a situation that you didn't. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm so confused. I'm saying in your life, you're saying yeah. me going into a coma. Uh huh was a change in your life sure wait sure or yes yeah okay this isn't a premise this isn't fictional i see i see i see see. i'm saying so so tell me what you now understand here's here's the difference that you coming out of the coma is probably not the thing that changed me whoa okay it was when i thought i had lost a friend randomly it was the sadness of the loss so you're saying it's kind of inconsequential that i woke up it's almost like neither here nor there it doesn't really (laughs) it doesn't really matter that much that was great and provided you know exultant joy from me right you know probably one of the few pure like but see here's the thing it wasn't even just an automatic click pure joy situation Mm -hmm. because the information was came out slowly over time it was like okay he's gonna be okay okay but is his brain still gonna work you know like oh he's gonna live right okay how how much brain damage is there? How much of Dave is going to be left? You know, like when someone goes into a coma, you don't know for a while. And even after when I first visited you for the first time and you had that flat affect and, and I, and you know, you also weren't feeling so, so happy. Uh, yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, um, okay, this is still tough. Like, I'm so glad Dave's alive, but is it, I mean, especially for someone who's trying to make someone happy all the time. 
Exactly. They really broke this guy. This guy's just crying and he's either flat or he's crying. I can't tell. I, I don't know if I want to be this guy's friend anymore. No, that's, yeah. I know, you know I know. So, okay. So what did the loss do then? That was just like, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, this is a thing that you know that can happen. You... But it's the first time you feel it for real. And what was the feeling? Just ultimate sadness. <laughs> but then you go through the whole thing of like, uh, uh, the thing is, this was pretty on the heels of my like first long-term relationship breakup, right? Right. And that was the first one. The that first like, lo- big loss. Big loss. Right. And that, so like I was at that point was already a little bit experienced dealing with it. You know, this is different though, because you're, you would be dead, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it was really the death of the relationship. That was the thing it was mourning. So this was like, I was a little bit experienced with it, but with with a death you go through this thing of like being like well what am i even doing this for why am i so sad am i I'm, am i sad for me am i sad for the other people who are going to i'm mostly sad for me and the other people who are going to miss dave mm-hmm. and i'm sad for dave but he'll be dead and since i don't believe in an afterlife you know i can't really be sad for dave so damn that's weird i'm sad for me you know like and I'm sad for my friends who are going to miss him too. Like that's what I'm sad for. It's a very strange, very strange. And so what did that bring out in you or like what, how would I don't you know? So, so here's my problem with this question. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of these lessons from these things I'm actually learning. <laughs> so like <laughs> sure. oftentimes they make me introspective and like everyone talks about like, Usually when you ask this question to people on the podcast, I'm like blown away by how quickly they have an answer or how like succinct their changes. Okay. Well, dude, that's because I edit the conversation. Sure. 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 Okay. <laughs> like they always seem to have an answer right away. It's like, yes, correct. There's a delete button in audacity where you can right. <laughs> cut out okay, but- damning and hawing. But I think this is important uh, as part of the question because this really gets at my human nature, which is that, okay, yes, I had a moment like at the end of my first long-term relationship where I was like, oh, shit, if you can lose something this close to you and this near and dear to you and you have to keep going – then you have to try and achieve the things that you want regardless. Mm, so not sacrificing need, like career for a relationship, basically. No, you need to not be afraid of failure or of losing something because it's inevitable. So you have to just try anyway. Right. And I'm a very afraid of failure and losing. And I'm very afraid of like, you know, um, hold on. Let me think of the word. I can't, I can't figure it out. But the, the, the point is, 
you know, there was a moment and I've told you this where I was like very pointedly, I like made the decision where like, okay, because I was really trying to keep that relationship together Mm -hmm. and I made the decision like, okay, wow, it might not be together. It might not work out. And if that's true, then what else am I holding on to that I might need to let go of? Like this fear of, you know, losing. So I texted you like, hey, when can I do an open mic with you? And you Mm -hmm. were like, this Friday. And I went, because I was so afraid of doing an open mic. Mm Because I did improv all the time, but I never did an open mic stand-up style. Right. And I went and did that open mic for the first time. That was a big thing for me right and that was a that was a big moment so that was like one of the big moments another one the you might know you know we're very close the fire you know yeah when your apartment burned down yeah so my my apartment burned down and previous to that i'm a i'm a big hoarder okay (laughs) i everything i need i need to keep it all i gotta you know i gotta uh what if i need it you know And as far as stuff is concerned, and I still do that with information, but as far as stuff is concerned, I was like, oh, we actually don't need any of that stuff. Right. Um, You do to a certain amount need to stuff that you need to live, but the things that you want to keep, you really don't need those little things. Right. So, so that was like, okay. And so you are just saying that the, the com one of the common threads with all of these losses is that you don't know if you are actually quote like learning the lesson or like That's changing right. as a result. Exactly right. The common thread is I'm learning all of these things about me, but are any of them actually changing? Is my human nature so strong? That like, even though now I know I need to work hard against my like uh, sloth or I need to um, not uh, be so concerned about what other people think and just do the thing, you know, like that's the open mic lesson or like, you know, uh, 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 I need to, you know, whatever, you know, there are lessons that I've learned, but. I still do all those things and I struggle against them. And so anytime. Okay. Well, but so maybe if we think of it differently, maybe it's not a personality change as much as a resource you now have where, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of spinning out of forgetting all these lessons you're supposed to have learned, but somewhere eventually you snap out of it and go, oh, right, but there's that lesson. Just do the thing. Sure. You must but be able it, to still access that, right? Sure. So like thinking about it like a tool. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, so now I have Yeah, I didn't want to use like a tool belt or like in your quiver, which feel like very, you know, sure. general, but I mean, applicable. Well, I'm extend that metaphor anyway, just because as a counterpoint. So like, uh, okay, so, you know, whatever, now I have a screwdriver to deal with the screw problem. What does it matter if I still don't use it now that I have it? 
you know, if I still am just like smashing away at it with some hammer and I break up a bunch of the drywall. Right. Right. Like, you know, and then I'm like, Oh wait, I have that screwdriver. Oh yeah. I shouldn't have done that again. I shouldn't have smashed up that wall again. Hopefully some of the, now that I have this screwdriver, but hopefully some of the other tools counterpoint to that are like drywall fixing tools. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, Shit, I should have used the screwdriver again, I guess. But at least now I can spackle over this hole. (laughs) You know what's coming now, which is I'm going to ask you to kill one thing. Yeah. Any Um, little thing in... I guess my parents? (laughs) I said one thing, not two (laughs) things. Sorry, that's plural. You have to choose one. You have to Rosemary's baby, your parents. That's a joke. I love my parents. Um, <laughs> the joke is it, I'm, that it's a lie. Right. The joke is that it's a lie. The joke is that it isn't true. <laughs> oh, God. What a stupid... That's what all jokes is. <laughs> yes. The joke is that it's a lie. Okay. Um, kill one thing. Um... Okay, here's something I posted about just recently on Twitter. Let's just let's just use this since it's like the most recent yeah. annoyance quibble. Um the way that I phrased it on Twitter was that I was like annoyed at the Santa Claus myth. Okay. Because it feels like people have taken it so greatly to heart that they allow it to influence things in their life throughout their lives to a point where it's causing a lot of disaster and destruction. So for example, believing in Santa Claus to me is similar to believing some sort of myth about the way that the economy works based on the things that the politicians are telling you or that, you know, the American dream has told you. So it's basically, it's strengthening the muscle of credulousness. Right. It's weakening the muscle of um, skepticism. Yeah. Right. Where to the point where people will be like, you know, oh yeah, feel the burn. That's the lactic acid building up in your muscle. And then if you look up lactic acid on the internet, good luck, my friend. You've got to spend the next 14 hours reading scientific papers (laughs) of people arguing about what lactic acid is and whether it exists even. (laughs) And what its function is in the body. No one knows it's insane, right? But there's so many things that people will say left brain, right brain, you know, like, Oh, you're a left brain person. Oh, you're an extroverted introvert. It's like, what are you talking about? That is complete guesswork. So it sounds like your actual answer. The thing you actually want to kill is certainty. Wow. Wow but not just certainty like 
unwarranted, like, uh, like complete and utter certainty at at something, even though that is something that I very frequently experience. Mm. I very frequently experience the idea of like, no, wrong. <laughs> right. You're wrong. But, you know, that's exactly the thing I'm railing against right now. You know, I need, I need to be better at being like, well, maybe, but let's look it up. You know, that is, I hate going to the zoo and <laughs> some freaking parent is like, oh, look, the lions are in love. It's like, no, they're about to fight. <laughs> you know, like they weren't doing that from love. If they, if, if you think that that lion is experiencing love, go in there and give it a little kiss. <laughs> like, Well, this is why I ask it to be a small thing because you say something like Santa Claus myth and then it turns into certainty, and then it spins into literally any story that any okay. people tell themselves. Yo, okay, then here's what it is. Here's, here's the little thing that I want to stop. I want parents to stop personifying animals at places of education when they don't know what is up. Anyone who's not a zoologist or some sort of scientist, if you take your kids to the zoo or the aquarium, I don't want you looking in the aquarium window and being like, look, the turtle is sleeping, even though it's dead. You know, like I don't <laughs> I don't want, you know, like or or ascribing emotion to fish or like I, I don't want any of these personifications of these <laughs> animals when you'd have no clue what's going on right now. Like let your kids watch um uh, uh, planet earth in 4k and let that be the thing. But even then he kind of goes off a little bit on the personification a little too hard. I just feel like let's not, let's not do this Santa Claus bullshit at the zoo. This is science and it's important. <laughs> no more Santa Claus bullshit at the zoo. <laughs> That is the show. Follow Cigarette Sandwich on Instagram at Sig Sandwich. Join their Patreon. Go to their website. All those things are in the show notes. Follow me at This Is Dave Marr. Go to my website, thisisdavemarr.com, for anything you need to know or sign up for, like my newsletter, Hella Immaculate. And get the full episode of this show, plus tons of other bonus content that isn't even part of the main episode at patreon.com slash davemarr. Tell your friends, and I will talk to you next week. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do miracles.